0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number one sixty of the Vex Podcast. My name is VexX. Today we are joined with my ambassador of Quan, if you will. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't even have, there's so many to say. Producer of the film Evil Bomb, uh leader and circus orchestrator of the music group Pagan, management of band Starscream, and my dear friend, this is Mr. Michael Bolinsky.
1: Hello everyone! Thank you so much for having me back on,
0: sir. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been a
1: while. It's been a long been fucking time. Long. I was thinking about that, watching your last uh, Facebook live broadcast with okay. of recent guests, and I was just like, I haven't been on this in too long.
0: Well, you don't want to come hang out and play anymore. I'm here,
1: right now.
0: Pull that shit closer to your face. There you go. The right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ni- nice and I'm phallic. <laughs> Enjoying it. At, great song selection. <laughs> so I really want to start with cherry pie by fucking what do they call Warrant? But because we're <laughs> doing due-
1: doesn't matter.
0: Oh. All right. There's a whole thing going around. We're gonna start at the very beginning. Did you see the information online? And it's not real and it's not backed by Motley Crue that um they want to replace Vince Neal. Motley Crue the fans. Now that they're getting Johnny Five, they want Vince Neil out before the next tour. Did you see this? I saw
1: people posting.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say the current vocalist who's in Warrant, whose name, of course, escapes me, he used to sing backup live for Ozzy. And he has a great, great vocal range. So he's definitely in that. Yeah, and he's a blonde dude. He's good looking. He's older. He's not a young kid or anything. He's like in his 50s. And he's he's in great condition. Unlike Mr. Vince Neal or Vince Meal, buddy. Actually, I kind of love Vince Neal. I do. But I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on the vocal situation with Vince? Uh,
1: so I, I learned a really important thing. We've we've talked about this off mic like, together before. I learned a really important thing where I think there's few people who are great singers and great frontmen. There's a lot of people in bands who are one or the other. Like I'll take like Fred Durst as an example. And I don't mean Aww. this as a slight to him, because I think he's a good front man. But I don't think even Fred Durst would, you know, compare himself to great vocalists. Or mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, so, so that's what I mean. It's not a slight to him. But I remember seeing Motley Crue for the first time. I Guess I was in high school um, when I saw them. And what year did you graduate high school? Graduating in two thousand.
0: Okay, so did you see them when they're back with uh, Vince Neil?
1: No. So the yeah, I I saw them with Vince Neil, but without Tommy Lee. Oh, was the first. The, time. Was it the whole drummer? Yes, that girl. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time that I saw them, and Vince Neil was was awful. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> he he was terrible. I the show opened and he he, he just, was still thin back then. He I mean compared to now, yeah, like yeah. not compared to the rest of Motley crew. and I don't mean that as an insult, but just you know. But he I remember him running on stage and like getting winded in the first song, and clearly just not you know the most technical singer, or at least not taking care of it to do what he needed to do technically. Sure. Um, and then I saw John Karabi solo uh, a few years later in like a bar somewhere, and John Karabi was a way better singer, and I've always enjoyed the self-titled Montlake record and his uncredited for a while backups on Generations <laughs> One. Well, no, he was credited. I thought, I thought eventually, he, eventually, yeah, right? Yeah, not. I think originally he's only credited with some like guitar parts or something. But like yes. you could clearly hear him on a couple of songs. It's weird because all the demos
0: are they gave to Vince are just John singing all the parts. Yeah. Because the record was kinda done. Right. They just wheeled
1: Vince in. Yeah. To get the band back together, <laughs> man. But I remember seeing John Karabi and it was interesting because Karabi was a way better singer from a technical perspective live. But he didn't have the same charisma still than Vince Neal. Which, which is important. Even out of breath, like people were cheering for Vince Neil. Like, he was their friend on stage. And that, like, seriously. And, like, he, he's like, hey, I'm Philadelphia! <laughs> <laughs> and people were still going nuts. And with Karabi, like, in between songs, and I'm not trying to, you know, say anything about Karabi, but between songs, he was just like, hey, guys, you know, thanks coming out or whatever. And it was just like, yeah, you know what? I, I get it. Like, I understand the difference between these two guys. Like, one is a good singer and one's a good friend there are a few people who i genuinely think are both you're one of those people. oh look at I'm you not, i'm not saying that because i'm on your show you're okay. one of those people though, who I, I really appreciate your singing and obvious great stage presence.
0: now i gotta be honest if we're gonna be honest when i was young and king sam and i were in a band called the broken it wasn't called starscream yet i could not sing i was that guy that could really put on a show i ran around i was a child i was fucking 18 years old the first time i played it out and i uh i had no i couldn't sing and there's demos and you said they're not that bad Right. But they're
1: not that good. Especially to where we are now. So, here's the other, here's what I would say as a caveat to that, though. And again, not just saying this because I'm your friend. The Broken had more of a punk. Oh, yeah. Than ben Starscream. Oh, yeah. So, it fit the aesthetic of the band. But in my mind,
0: I, I wanted to be in Queen. You know what I mean? Right. Like the whole time. And we're still nowhere near that, but like we're getting closer to at least original GNR. You know what I mean? Closer. Mm-hmm. So like in my mind, I was always chasing this level that I vocally couldn't attain at the time without training and all that good stuff.
1: But yeah, I there, there was even like, what amazes me about you about not your writing, honestly, is what amazes me about it. the way you can just so quickly come up with lyrics. Later- <laughs> no, seriously, because I I've been in the studio with a lot of bands because early on. I worked on any record that I could just to get the experience and to get credits on things. And it doesn't go that way with, with a lot of singers.
0: It really doesn't. No, there's a Muse thing. Um, wow, I'm blanking on his fucking name. That's embarrassing. Who wrote... I Don't Ever Want to Grow Up. And he did the Downtown Train song and Rod Stewart covered it. And I can't think of his name. I know who you Tom Waits. Him. Okay. Tom Waits. Who I kind of adore. He sings like this when I sing. But he can really write a song. And this is, Tom Waits has this great story. He's driving in his car and the muse or whatever the fuck it is that puts songs in people's heads starts fucking going to him. But now at this point, he's older. He's like in his thirties, maybe even his forties. And he looks up and he's like, do you understand that I'm driving right now? Can you just wait till I get home and I can write this the fuck out? And then it stopped, (laughs) whatever it was. And then he got home and he wrote it. But I've been working. Like pushing a lawnmower or climbing a building and just a uh, melodies in your head out of nowhere. And then I try to like hurry and record it. Cell phones made it easier. Like it's a thing. I remember, you know, Brandon Flowers. Is that his name from that fucking band that I don't know? Uh, Incubus. Remember? Yes. Yeah. They had before cell phones were modernized in the late 90s, early 2000s. He was carrying around a, a, a mini digital recorder. And he okay. said this changed how we make records. Because he's like things will just come into your head. And I go, ah, ah, ah. And he saves it. And then later on, he could bring it to the band, and they could write their song around it. Well, now cell phones are everywhere. I, I will literally walk from my kitchen into my living room, and I will have something just go through my head. And I just stop, and I just record the shit immediately on my phone. So, I don't know. We write – I don't know. We'll tell them. So, you and I write songs together in a band called Rush Belt. I'm sorry, Rust Belt. And it's like projects. It's not really a band. But
1: explain that. Um, so, I had this idea a while back where I, I wrote a song for State Farm. Thanks to my friend Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some, they had some other band that was lined up for it and they wanted a bunch of money.
0: And Kelly was like, No,
1: I got a guy. I got a guy. He's <laughs> like, I got a guy. So I did a song for State Farm. It went over really well. We released it as a single. And then I ended up doing more music for State Farm and things like that. But it didn't, it, while it probably led to a couple of other things, it didn't lead to all the stuff it should have. And that's really because I'm in a band called Pagan. And we have songs like Satanic Ritual Abuse and 99 Pigs and things like that. And that's just a hurdle that corporate America does not want to take. Isn't going to jump for them. So it occurred to me, like, I bet I could do more. If I did something that was a side thing that was intentionally more commercial throughout a wider net, that we could do more of this kind of stuff that wasn't called Pagan. So, in the back of my mind, it was like, someday I'm going to do this. <laughs> and uh, I knew, like, I didn't want to be the focal point of it. Like, I wanted to be more in the background.
0: Because with Pagan,
1: I'm the focal point of it. I didn't want it to be like, oh, yeah, it's a more poppy band, but it's amateur porn star killer guy who's <laughs> doing it. So, like, I knew I wanted to be more of the writer, producer kind of thing on it. Sure. Um, but still end up doing a lot of the music, of course. And then I watched you. Help another band. I remember this, and I'm not going to say their names because fuck them. <laughs> hold on, hold on, this Because fuck them. But yes, you watch. I remember that. Yeah. So another band that we both knew, uh, their singer abruptly quit. So somebody else was going to fill in for them, and their singer was like, "You're not using any of my lyrics." Like he was adamant. He would written all these lyrics, and you're like, "Yeah, whatever. Just use the melodies." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And you sat there with them and went through their whole set in a matter of hours. It was one night. I did the whole thing in one night. In a few hours, they had their whole set, fresh set of lyrics on everything. And they didn't use any of it, by the way. Didn't they? No, didn't use Uh, any of it.
0: Not that I'm bitter. Fuck that band. Um,
1: (laughs) Seriously, fuck that band. Um, But I saw that. So in my mind, someday I was going to do this project. As soon as I saw that, I was like, Vex is the lyricist for this project. (laughs) That just clicked, and I was just like, someday... Me and Vex doing this project, but I didn't want to tell anybody, like even you, only because until it was ready to go. Ready okay? to go. You just had a bunch <laughs> of fucking songs. Like that wasn't a lot to it. So then the pandemic hit, and I was supposed to go on tour with Pagan. I remember. And we had just done an album called Session. And I I make records now with Pagan. Like I don't know how you guys go about writing when you go into it. It's like Mad Libs for me now. I literally just write down stupid ideas and I'm like, I'm doing all of these. (laughs) So when I sat down to do Session, I was like, I want an orchestra. I want to work with rappers and an orchestra. And I want the rappers to be from all over the world. And we're going to have a live orchestra and there's going to be a drunken puppet show. This is literally everything I wrote down. We did all (laughs) of that. And I I remember even our distributor just being like, "It's, it's like you just say anymore he's like it doesn't make sense it... <laughs> and i was like yeah that's how you keep it interesting
0: that's how you keep it fresh so we, we
1: set up all this stuff that we we did a couple of really big budget videos for it one was stop motion animation one was a puppet show <laughs> they had to build the puppets they built sets <laughs> all of a like this is a big undertaking we had people from i think it was 15 different countries who contributed to the record okay we did that all online found people from different orchestras all over the world. Picked, We got to build our own orchestra, picking and choosing people from different orchestras from around the world. It was crazy to make, you know, drunken puppets. <laughs> so, and we, we booked all this crazy, like, promotion. We had a tour, and I was going to be mayor of a town on 420. Which I remember. Yeah, which still happened. <laughs> um, but we couldn't do all that stuff. So I was like, all right, I have this time. Didn't expect to have that was already booked. I was like, Vex is amazing. Oh, I know I can write these songs. I was like, we need a singer though, and you're an amazing singer. But I didn't want it to be you because I wanted to focus on you as a songwriter. Because that what I saw that night. I don't think people see because I think when you go and see Starscream, you see you as the front man, and it's such a it's it's such an engaging show. Oh. That, and I was, I'm right about, and I'm not just saying this to myself in the back. I played our first song we did together time for somebody, and they were like, "Who wrote those lyrics?" <laughs> it's somebody we know, and they're like, "Who wrote those lyrics?" And I was like, "Vex." They were like, "Really?" <laughs> and they went back and re-listened to Starscream stuff, and they're like, "I just get so caught up in like what Vex is doing that they weren't hearing your words." Oh man, I put a lot of effort in those words too, <laughs> like a lot. But, and I get where they're coming from. That that's not an insulting thing. It's just when you see you on stage and sam playing guitar and everything like it's it's the whole package that yeah, you're yeah, yeah. In. so it i wanted to focus on you in a totally different way but then it was like well who's going to sing this first song and i i didn't even think we we're going to get one singer and originally i was like get, many right yeah 20 different singers sure so i was just online looking up like sessions <laughs> like literally random google searches <laughs> and i came across ryan white Maloney. I vaguely knew who he was. I've never seen the voice nor have I. But it's a popular show. So he was in like promo shit for it. So I'd seen him like his image yeah. on things. Never heard him. So <clears throat> I listened to like one or two songs and I was like he he can sing well, really well. And but it's like country kind of leaning. I was like I don't know and not that he couldn't sing something different, but I found that I've tried to work with really talented people and if we don't click, it doesn't work. Sure. So I was like, is he going to get us? Is he going <laughs> to understand? Like, is this going to Does he get you? drunk in Puppet Show yeah. or not? <laughs> yeah. Does he get this? And I found a Misfits cover that he did. Oh, no shit. What's the show? You know, what song? Um Saturday Night. Okay. So I found his cover Saturday Night. And I was like, he'll get it. It's cool. <laughs> so I looked him up, and his post said something like, hey, you can hit me up on. And there's like three or four different like music. Uh, session player sites that he had posted on and to offer his services as a session player because he was supposed to go on tour and it was canceled. COVID. The pandemic. Yeah. So he wrote a post on social media like, hey, hit me up on any of these I'm sites. I'm broke. Yeah. He was like, hit me up on any of these sites. Uh, my tour got canceled. I need to work. And he, like, as like a joke, he was like, hey, maybe we'll start a band or something. So I immediately hit him up. I was like, I got you, man. Here's a word. <laughs> I got songs, man. <laughs> So I sent you, before I even sent him anything. I sent you, I put a track together really quickly, sent it to you a half hour later, maybe. Yeah. You had everything. Duh. It was the whole melody, (laughs) everything. And you had recorded a demo of it. We sent it out to Ryan an hour later. He had the whole song. He had a scratch vocal track on there. And then he was like, hey, is it cool if I add some drum fills? Because he's originally a drummer. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he was like, can I add some drum? Because the original uh, drumming on time is just a very simple loop that I, I looped up. I like it her like very simple. Very simple. Even by like normal, like, you know, simple standard. Very
0: simple. Very simple.
1: And he added some drum fills and stuff to it. We had that song that day.
0: Interesting. That song was done. Well, do you know, I don't know if you know this, the day Eddie Van Halen died was the day I wrote it. Did you know that? I did not realize that. Yeah, yeah that. and there's a plaque if you look to your left on the wall, it reflects it's October 6, 2020. That's the day we wrote the first song. Wow. I came home, I think I worked that day. And the, the track was there, and you were telling me it was coming. Yeah. and I was like, "I'm doing it right now." Eddie Van Halen passed away. It's gonna change our lives. Blah blah. And it just came out of me. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's about that times on my side. Blah blah blah. Like it's a whole like input in respect though. No, in, introspective thing for your life. You know what I mean? And okay. again, it was recorded and written and conceived everything on October sixth, the same day. Eddie yeah, it was Hallen. all
1: one day. It's yeah. one day. That's all. So
0: I had that song. I know a DJ in New Jersey. Oh, yeah, we, we, we know. <laughs> All right, your boy kind of rubbed his butt on my leg there. Do you even know about that shit? No. Yeah, that thing we're allowed to put on social fucking media that you won't acknowledge happened? He, like, rubbed against me. I mean...
1: Mm. He is mm. an all-service bastard. Yeah, I got that impression. And he's very tiny, but keep going. <laughs> um, So he, he is a DJ in New Jersey. So I knew him, and I had... That was another thing. I was he's like, an actor.
0: Let's tell the story correctly. Oh, yeah, he's an actor. Like a f- kind of famous actor. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you then can- now he's a DJ. Yeah, and he DJs on uh a station in Quebec. The girl I brought to the thing we won't put on social media <laughs> fucking knew him. And is a fan of that fucking whole arc he did. Oh like, yeah. and she like sent it to her mom, she's like, Oh my god, guess what I hang out with?
1: <laughs> it's kinda of thing. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, we were hanging out with him later that night we went over his place. Um, so he's he's a DJ, so I was like, Hey man. I was like, and he he likes pagan <clears throat> and said pagan tracks and Starscream stuff before. So he's he's familiar with everything. And um so I was like, hey, I did this thing. It's like we just knocked this out today. <laughs> <laughs> Can you spend it tonight? Um I was like, I would you be interested in premiering this? And I was like, I'll send you merch and stuff like that. We'll do like a radio giveaway sure. for it. And he was like, Yeah, man, send it to me. He loved the song, so he sent up like a radio premiere like it was a big deal. And this is something we just made. No, no, you made in your before. house. Yeah, nobody's ever heard before. <laughs> so but he made it like it was a big deal, which helped us kind of hit the ground running with but it. But people liked it.
0: That's the yeah, thing. He did. And then you met you had a video constructed out of thin air very quickly. Yes. And then I sent that to all my friends. They're like, This is amazing. Who's this? And I'm like, it's kind of me, but kinda <laughs> not me.
1: No, it's definitely you. This is this is our project. I know, and I—I I, to me, it's more you than anything. I, without the words. music, no. But without the music, there's
0: nothing. For real, the music was first. I bend everything that I make in that project around what you made. For real, because I have shit in my head. Mm-hmm. Like if I made a Vex solo record, which I was kind of in the process of doing, but it kind I of fell mean, which apart. I really, really It might happen, but there's like tracks and that's what was in my head, like the orchestration and that stuff. And that sounds kind of different too. Like, it doesn't sound like Starscream, obviously. Right. Nor does it sound like Rust Belt, because it's kind of like, um, uh, do you know who the Marvelous Three were? Yeah. And Butch Walker. Mm -hmm. Like, I like that kind of poppy rock stuff. So when stuff came out of my head, it was kind of on that order. You know what I mean? Starscream is more aggressive. Like, but I feel like if I wasn't as half gay as I am, mm -hmm, Starscream would be more aggressive. And if Sam wasn't as aggressive as he is, it'd be like, woo, we're stars game. Like it wouldn't No, yeah, you guys balance each other out really. in a tremendous yeah. way, actually. Yes, that's a thing. All right. enough of rust belt. that was fucking 20 minutes of bullshit. We can just step aside from that. also it it's streamup. Go stream our album. This is incidentally the first time the Vex and Vex podcast episode number one hundred and sixty is doing a live stream to YouTube directly. Yes, we've never done this before, and I'm so bad at it that Mike had to like punch in on my cell phone and have to put the shit to work. It's like oh, just do this button here, there, and it was a thing. So you're bringing up things off microphone. Um, Guns and Roses, there's a new box set. Yes, what is it? Tell me. Uh,
1: so they, so if you remember earlier in the pandemic, they did a box set <coughs> of. Uh, after I, I remember. It was, it was huge, too. Yeah, and what was interesting yeah. about it is they included the EPs that came out uh, around that time. Sure. So had, Live Like a Suicide. Yeah, it had that. It had the self-titled one, which everybody calls Live from the Jungle. Mm-hmm. But it's self-titled. And I believe the Civil War EP was on that, too. Okay. Because um, that came out after lies came out which lies
0: was <clears throat> <clears> <clears> excuse me stage. lives is 88 <clears throat> yeah. and then they had cut it it's weird i don't know if you, i'm sure you know this but they cut everything in a weekend lies were just Yeah. and then they were yeah. like wait we sold three million copies and we put two days in this is fucking easy <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty
1: good but yeah and I, I believe um the civil war ep is <laughs> included on that too so the civil war ep is before User illusion which is why the song civil war has at Get some EP.
0: Well, the thing of it is, Adler was—that was the first tune they were cutting for the illusions. Yeah, cool. That's where he lost his job. Was that session? But he did cut uh, the drums. Yeah, yeah. And they pieced it all together because he was a fucking train wreck. He can play now. Like he can play. I don't know if you know that. Look at your
1: face. They're gonna comment. <laughs> Adler's appetite. I, get... I have nothing against Adler and his playing. I just—he's not my favorite drummer of Guns N' Roses. Who is your favorite drummer of Guns N' Roses? Frank, the
0: guy Oh yeah, Frank's pretty good. I think Not know. a Matt Sorum guy at all.
1: I like Matt Sorum.
0: you be <laughs> in the middle
1: for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's Frank, then Matt Sorum, and then Stephen Adler. Yeah.
1: The whole swing that gives you appetite, though, is Adler. Adler sounds, and again, this is nothing against the playing, his style sounds dated to me.
0: It was 1987. <laughs> it wasn't dated then. It was cutting edge. And he wanted to do double kick and shit, mm-hmm. and they stole it away from him. Do you know that story? No. So they had a giant, like, when you're a drummer, especially when you're poor and you're a kid like that, he had a giant drum kit set up. Mm-hmm. Two kick drums, a bunch of floor toms, whole kinds of shit. And he went to, like, probably take a leak or do a line or smoke some weed before rehearsal. And Izzy's like, come here. Hide that fucking kick drum. Take these toms away. And they set him up with, like, Starscream until very recently... Always had a jazz setup. One rack tom That's how Starscream does music. Even if drummers didn't play with a single rack, they did with us. Not anymore, though. Anyway. What are you hinting at, sir? There's a new drummer. Who? I cannot say. I feel like it's the worst kept secret in local rock and roll. If you're in the know, you already kind of know who it is. But if you're not in the know, come see us December 3rd at the Rusty Nail in Ardmore, because, you know, we're big time, and you get to see our new drummer, which I'm pretty excited about, actually. Are you announcing it prior to that? Or no! I, I might announce day of, maybe, okay. maybe. Dude, I'm chomping at the bit. Like, I want to
1: scream it from the rooftops, but I can't keep a secret. Go ahead. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm not like a not-be-able-to-keep-a-secret guy. I'm excited for you guys. Because it's, it's an Cause I think it's a great fit. It is a great fit. Yeah. It's a long time coming. Let's yeah. just put it that
0: way. Like, there's no better person on the planet Earth that should be playing drums in Starscream than this human being. And now he is, and he's so good. Like, fuck it. He came out for his air quotes audition. All right, I'm going to tell the story correctly. I don't give a fuck. This happened. The drummer came in, and he was in a mood. And it was very obvious he was in a mood. And we were rehearsing. And then I stopped, and I was like, remember, on this date, we're doing this, and this date. And he's like, oh, I can't do that date. And as a band in Starscream, the way we work is, I will get a date from a club... I send it to the group chat. I text everybody. When everybody signs off, everybody has to sign off if they're available. Then I go back to the club and I confirm it, which is professional. Mm-hmm. And this was done months in advance. Months. And he's like, yeah, I can't do it. I'm going away that weekend. And I'm like, but two months ago, we fucking set this up. You know what I mean? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I suck. I can't do it. And I was like, all right. And I, I was I was upset. but I didn't look, And I lose my shit. Mike, I lose my shit. That's what I do. But I didn't lose my shit. I was like, okay. I didn't say anything. I made a face like, but I didn't say anything, right? and we play another song, and then he was like, you know, I'm kind of offended over ABC, and I was like, oh, all right. Offended? Yeah. 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 And I had a, I, I was like, all right, well, what happened? And he said his side, and I said, hey, I'm sorry that happened. You know, I apologize. He's like, well, you're not sorry. And I was like, I just said one second ago that I apologized for that happening. You he's offended by you, or by something going on? You said it, I didn't. So, <laughs> it's every time. So So, then I was like, should we look elsewhere? Is this not going to work out? And he's like, "Yeah, you should probably look elsewhere." And he's like, "I will do the committed shows that are booked." And I was like, "Okay." And we finished rehearsal, which was weird. I was gonna say that's gotta be hot. And we had a show together that weekend that we played. So it was fucking weird. Yeah. And I, while he was still here, texted someone. Hey. He called me. I couldn't even answer the phone because we we're at practice. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, no, fuck that, dude. He's gone." I was like. <laughs> Uh, this happened, and we got the news at roughly noon, and at 1.30, somebody else already had the job. I can't stress that
1: enough. And came in at new songs. Yeah. New songs! I'm genuinely excited, and not just for you guys as friends and as business associates, but this this is the way it should be, is how <laughs> I feel. Does that make sense? It's a big deal. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's that's right. So the new record
0: which already has a title, it's called Heaven and Earth, is almost finished being written, almost, and then we're just going to go in and fucking knock this record out. And then, all right, you're the management. You're the advisement, right? We have a problem. We just make LPs. That's just what we do. We want to do five acoustic and five electric. And you don't do side one and side two because it's a digital world and everything that was CD isn't like that. But in my mind, it's side one and side two. Everybody's going to singles. Slipknot announced they're going to singles this week so what the fuck? Like, uh, is it dead? Is the whole... I mean, no one buys our records anyway. I don't know what you're going to do. But they stream them. Like, uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, So to, to keep using us in there. So that's what we did. Um, I started doing that with Pagan. Like, releasing a few singles before the album. Sure. And then putting a bunch of videos up. I took it to more of an extreme with <clears throat> in Rust Belt. Because I was like, younger audiences, just no singles. They sure. don't have the attention span to listen to an album. So we released most of the Rust Belt album as singles. Before the album came out, I held back three songs, and that was really only because the record label asked for three songs to be held back so that they could push the record. Because so there them. is a record, yeah. So that so that it, it's an album, yeah, just a collection. And so we held back three songs. I was only going to hold back one originally, but we held back three songs for the album, which worked out because two of the three that I chose to hold back were less popular than
0: the other ones. No share The
1: streaming numbers they did less than the other ones. Okay. So which is good. Which is a good thing. Because what was cool about doing singles, like you guys wrote your record as a record, which is great. What was cool about the way that we did it with the Rust Belt, because like we had said, with time, we just kind of put it out on the radio. We got to see in real time what was working and not working. Sure. So we got, and I adjusted to that very quickly. Like if I saw a song that didn't do as well as another song, we really quickly (laughs) changed place. And the best thing that we could have done happened as a result of that, because I put out, uh, we put up time and I was ready to do to put some money into a Spotify campaign. And somebody messaged me and said, Hey, I was just listening to your new song Time with the Rust Belt on SoundCloud. And I always, like most people in rock bands, ignore SoundCloud. Yep. Because it's a it's a rap platform. I have a whole fucking dissertation about that. <laughs> yeah. SoundCloud like rap Rapper. Yeah. So it's a rap platform. So rock bands ignore it. And I went over to SoundCloud. And I was like, because I know that they like Spotify and YouTube publicly post the number of plays. So, unlike Apple and most other places, those three post your plays. Sure. Completely. So, I was like, I'm just curious. Let me go. This is the day the single came out that Friday morning. So, I was like, I had off that day. So, I was like, let me go see what it, what it's doing. And I went over and it had like 300 plays. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't think any of my songs had 300 plays on SoundCloud. Guns N' Roses doesn't get 300 plays on SoundCloud. Like it's and I was like, a rock band? Really? So I had an inkling at that moment. I was like, rock bands don't promote on here. I was like, I bet the algorithm for a rock band to get pushed, that bar is really low. <laughs> because if you're a rapper, right, you're going up every rapper wants to break on SoundCloud. That's that's is really that the gig. Yeah, is that
0: how a mixtape gets popped off and then somebody like a label will pick you up? Is
1: from yeah. SoundCloud nowadays? Should I just be a rapper? Even Spotify has an official section called Cloud Rap. <gasps> like that's how big SoundCloud is. If you're a rapper, <laughs> so I was like, I wonder what will happen if we. I took that money that was supposed to be for Spotify, and put it in the SoundCloud, and I was like, I might be like throwing this money away, and I was like, but I have an idea that this is gonna work. Within a week or something, we had a hundred thousand plays on there. Do do yeah, and I was just like, alright, this is they're our first stop with promotion. <laughs> and then we still promote it on Spotify and everything, but I was like, that's the first stop. We now have like 13 million plays or something like that just on SoundCloud. <laughs> for Rust
0: <laughs> Not Starscream, just saying. <laughs> Management. <laughs> but
1: we, by putting out singles, we got to adjust like that. If we had just released it as a whole album yeah. and just put it we would be stuck. So are albums dead again? Is it over? Um, I just think that albums, it's getting back to the point where albums are just collections of singles with something a bonus on them.
0: Because if you you look at the ebbs and flows of the music industry, like that's a thing, right? So like the initial, all right, I I told the story before on the the podcast, but the gist of it is um, the 1950s kids post-World War II were the first teenagers in American history to have disposable income that they could buy pop culture with. Okay. and so then you have the rise of elvis right. um jerry lee lewis who just passed away ironically enough that whole thing and they had singles it was always single yeah. single single
1: elvis was big on ep's not even collecting them in the
0: albums say that again
1: elvis had a lot of ep's Extra plays yeah.
0: yeah so four three and four here yeah. right so that was a thing and so kids could buy because it, it was it was uh, it, it was affordable mm-hmm. and then you could get the new record every week it was a whole thing and i remember. When um, Motown came into the game, their whole thing was chasing a great single, 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 yeah. single. The Beatles happen, shift in the industry, and they were still a single band. It wasn't like the Beatles. Meet the Beatles was just a collection of their fucking singles. Yeah, the really. first couple records. Were that. Yeah, and then. They became so prominent, so successful that people, and then they stopped touring. Is it 65 or 66? I think it's 66. They just never played live. Maybe it was 65 and they never played live ever again. And so they're like, we're gonna make records. And then Sgt. Peppers comes out and it's like an album and it was a thing. And then Hendrix happens and this whole, like the fucking hippie movement. Yeah. And it became, the 70s became albums, and, and it's funny, you know this, but people listening might not know this, is that AM radio was the standard radio, yeah. and FM, stop, leave the cap off, it makes so much goddamn noise, you anyway, so the AM radio was like regular radio, but on, oh, <laughs> but on FM radio, they would play whole sides of records, because yeah. nobody was listening. And I wasn't alive. So I don't know how the transition goes from AM being the dominant force to FM becoming the dominant force. And now it's dead. Remember when they really thought satellite was the future? Like they really, really, really thought they underestimate podcasts. They underestimate the internet. We're going a whole fucking tangent. So here we are. It's back to a time by the early 2000s. Records were coming out and selling a million LPs in a week. Remember that shit? When Pearl Jam did it in the 90s for Versus, it was a big deal. Like in 94, in one week, they sold a million copies, which was unheard of. By 99 and 2000, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were selling a million five in two days. Remember that shit? And that's the zenith. That's it. 20 years ago is it. And then, you know, um, what's the hair guy? Fuck. Who is the first downloading software? Oh, Napster! Napster with the nappy hair, yeah. Napster. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! See, I. But then Napster happens, and now we you have degenerated mm-hmm. down to single land. Kids don't even own like product, and have no desire to own product. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? It blows my mind as an old fashioned person. Um, I I get
1: it to a certain degree because I'm I'm a physical product. Guy. Yeah, I want the product. To, well, obviously. Yeah, I'm a I'm a physical product guy. Um, the thing is though, I have about. Five or six thousand vinyl records. That's a lot. Kind i, move. Know. I if You're I, not moving though anytime soon. No. So. no, no. But it's a lot to <laughs> kind of haul back and forth and, and wrangle. So I get the appeal of having a, say, a Spotify subscription and having 20 million songs for just one flat monthly rate. I get the appeal of. Sure, I have anything I want to listen to right here. I don't have to buy physical copies. I got
0: to be honest. On YouTube, I can listen to anything I can think of. Yeah, there isn't a song that's ever come out that isn't on YouTube for free. So I don't know. I, I don't personally. I won't pay for Spotify, and I'm the, I'm a man of means. I could do it, but I won't. I don't. Again, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Keep going. No, no,
1: you're you're good. Um, no, so that's the other thing too. Um, here, here's the positive for artists that comes from this. You're not fighting for shelf space. Because that was a literal thing. When you had to get records into a store, and I know this from when we did um, the amateur porn star killer you Like if you want to be on an end cap, you have to pay for that in a store. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be behind if you want to have posters up, you pay for that. Every sure. poster you paid for. Every end cap, if you wanted to cut out display, yeah, tons of money. Yeah. You were literally fighting for space in that store and paying
0: in a retail setting. Yeah.
1: Whereas on Spotify, But you made
0: so much more money on the back end. Well, that's the truth. The yeah. physical CD, it costs pennies to manufacture, right. and they were going for in eighteen, nineteen, ninety-nine. Yeah.
1: That's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. But oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. So uh, what I found now is my, I, I buy less physical product, but I spend more on it. Exactly. So like if I really love something, yeah. I'm going out buying the crazy deluxe vinyl edition for eighty dollars that comes with all the extra stuff.
0: I'm a huge Kanye fan, which is not popular to say right now. This, this is not <laughs> the like week. get
1: weird real This fast. is not the week. Yeah, I don't support his anti-Semitic
0: beliefs. <laughs> like believe I'm him. a huge Kanye. I have two uh, Jewish people in in Starscream, literally. So believe me, I'm not anti-Semitic in any capacity. I used to be married to a Puerto Rican Jewish woman. That's a fucking combination from the devil. But that's <laughs> fine. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm not anti-Semitic at all. Um... For real, I really just happen not to be. I have a lot of people who are Jewish in my life that I adore, right? That aside, I stopped listening to Kanye's music output when I couldn't buy a physical version of the record. And I know that doesn't make any sense, but like when Pablo came out, it was just on title, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, and then I never, so I never heard it. I wasn't going to pay for title, you know what I mean? And then I don't pay for Spotify or any of that stuff. So then I, I literally, at one point, I went on like Amazon or eBay And somebody burnt it onto a CD and put the artwork on. I paid like 30 bucks just to have a fucking copy that I could listen to in my car, which was a burnt CD. And that's how I happen to listen to music. That's like my thing, right? So I don't know what Kanye sounds like in 2022. I just have no conception because I don't know where to find the music. I know that doesn't make any sense, but how does one, if a record comes out by somebody I really, really like, I can't even get my hands on it. Like there was a new Limp Bizkit record. Yeah. Right. And I'm an old fashioned guy and I want my Limp Bizkit CD and it wasn't even available. Yeah, no, it was digital. Only. Like you couldn't yeah. get a fucking copy of it. So I, I don't, what, what do you, you got to put on your phone? Like, how does that work? And then I, explain it to me. I'm not trying to sound as dumb as obviously I am, but I am.
1: What's So what's good about something like Spotify is it's so ubiquitous now. You can stream it on almost anything. Mm-hmm. So it's on your TV, it's on your phone, gaming systems. You can send it, you can play it through your car any kind of Bluetooth speakers or anything. So you can really listen to it anywhere you want. Okay. But essentially, you need somewhere to log into your account from. So, I mean, we always all have our phones with us all the time. So that's the easiest way.
0: I don't, I don't, I don't have Spotify like that. Mm-hmm. I have a free version of it to listen to Joe Rogan occasionally. Right. Anything that I want to hear from Joe Rogan is on YouTube for free. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, not the Spotify costs money. I'm not saying that. It's just that you do you pay personally yeah, to Spotify every month. Spotify. So you're paying like ten dollars a month.
1: I have the family plan. What the it, like,
0: fuck does that $14? mean? My Netflix, I happen to check my bank account, is like 16-something now. Yeah. When
1: did that happen? Um, they, They've introduced an ad tier.
0: I'm not doing Netflix. that. I'm not doing so it. So
1: that's cheaper and everything else went
0: up. could have told me. They didn't know. And then I got to be honest. All right, now we're going to go from the whole fucking other tangent, right? So now we're looking at entertainment and television. I am one of the archaic motherfuckers that spends $174 a month I think it's 174 for cable and internet in my house. My internet is to die for. My internet's unparalleled. It's very strong. It never goes out. I love it. It really does. It works everywhere. And I, I adore the Philadelphia Eagles, which we're talking about off fucking camera, right? I like the Eagles. So to be sure I'm going to see the games instead of having to worry about a streaming service and this and that, I just pay for cable. Literally. And I don't mind cable. There's some shit that I watch. You know what I fucking discovered recently? Um, MTV Classic. And it's just always on my television. So I'll turn it on. And a video that I hate from 1987, I'll sit through it in the background while I'm on my phone or I'm cleaning or something just to have a video on in my fucking house. The content of the video playing amazes me. I love it so much. I miss videos. I'm old. I'm not a boomer. Fuck off. But still, like, I'm not young. So I, I really do like the old archaic shit. So, all right. Get back to the streaming thing. Netflix is the fucking the the front runner of streaming. They really went from fucking we're mailing DVDs to your house. Yeah. My second wife had the shit before I met her, so she turned me onto it. And conceptually,
1: I <laughs> so when when they started, I remember when they started streaming, it was metered. What does that so mean? Depending on what DVD plan you had, was how many minutes of streaming you got. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. But you could just go to unlimited immediately if you were inclined. No, they didn't offer that at first. Are you sure? Yeah. Because so, I remember streaming like a movie and getting like half of it. Bullshit. And I had to wait till I sent like my next DVD back and then I got more streaming. Minutes. Oh, we
0: were so bad. We just left it. We wouldn't even air DVDs out. We would just stream them at that point.
1: I heard that somebody, <laughs> when when DVDs were the thing with Netflix, there was a way you could manipulate that. <laughs> Which I think... But well, you, you might as well say it. It's like fucking dead technology. <laughs> so what happened? Um. So we, we made evil bomb. Netflix is brand new. So... We Evil Bong was incredibly lucky to come out in the last gasp of video stores <laughs> because we were able to still sell a ton of copies to video stores, and that's really what established its like cult following. Okay, but we knew that Netflix was like a new. Cool Can you thing. tell the
0: people in Facebook land and on fucking YouTube land who the fuck what the Evil Bong film is? They don't know about your fucking franchise. They don't know what you <laughs>
1: did. Uh, Evil Bong was this little movie that I was a part of. That there's now eleven or twelve entries in, and, and a serial. There's a breakfast cereal, all kinds of toys. Zippo makes evil bond lighters. Uh, the soundtrack was uh, up for Grammy consideration. All kinds of cool That's stuff. That's insane. Yeah. So it, it's done a lot. Um, but Netflix was like a brand new thing. And the way that Netflix worked, unless you were like a Disney movie or something like that, they bought, I don't remember the number, but let's just say it's five DVDs. Okay. And then it didn't matter what your movie was. You could be a huge action movie, five DVDs. That's what they took. And then if those five DVDs were all taken out, they would do a second order and that would be like 20 copies or whatever it is. So now you have so 25 DVDs. <laughs> yeah. So what we did was they ordered their their five copies or whatever of Evil Bum. We all started signing up for Netflix because Netflix is brand new. We got an Evil Bomb DVD and didn't return it. So then Netflix put an order for 20 DVDs. We contacted more people who worked on the movie. They all got Netflix. <laughs> Before long, Netflix had like a thousand Evil Bomb TVs or something like that. Like some ungodly number. Like there was more copies of Evil Bomb than like whatever the biggest action movie that year was at Netflix. And somebody at Netflix is probably looking at those copies like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> those fucking stoner kids got us. Like some crazy Scooby Doo episode. <laughs> I'll get you.
0: That's pretty fucked up.
1: Yeah.
0: So <clears throat> Netflix was the f- the front runner, really, for streaming. Yeah. And then, all right, this is this is what like this is. I I loved The Office. I just liked that fucking show. So even when I wasn't like the US no, show, no, the US show. I had no love for the British show. In it. Did you like the British show? I I haven't watched much of either one. Yeah. No,
1: I, I I was familiar with the British show first because I'd seen other Ricky Gervais stuff.
0: Okay, yeah. So I, I, I loved it, and then you could stream it on Netflix every fucking day. And then they
1: lose it because Peacock launches. I refuse to pay for Peacock. Peacock is weird because I was like, "There's no way I'm going to get Peacock." And then um, the last Halloween, not the most recent, the last Halloween movie because they held it back for a year for the pandemic. Sure. Already. So you're like, we're just losing money. So they put it up on Peacock and put it out in theaters when theaters came out. So I was like, I'm not going to go pay for this in a theater when I can get Peacock for $4 or whatever. I think it's like it. nine. You can get an ad, the ad. What's wrong Peacock. with you? How do you watch ads? <laughs> it's like four bucks. It's just at the beginning, you watch commercials. the like a YouTube
0: video. Are you sure? Yeah. Because some of them, like, in the middle, it'll just stop and then there'll be an ad. So, all right, this is, oh, man, I keep on doing
1: this. Well, here's the thing. I got it for that Halloween thing. And then I was like, I'm immediately canceling this. And, they and now you the, have it. The Saved by the Bell <laughs> reboot was on there. Amazing show. Bullshit. Is it, is it funny? It. Wait, is Screech <laughs> on it? I have questions. No, no, he was not on it.
0: So, <coughs> on Tiffany it. Amber Thiessen, is she on yes. it? Really? The rest of the cast was on it. Lies.
1: Lisa doesn't even act anymore. Yeah, she's in it. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah she's in it. She's the least present in it. She's only in a couple of episodes. But, but you
0: have like a, a wide and varied history with the
1: Showgirls franchise. <laughs> But yeah, it's and the show is excellent. It's really just genuinely funny. Um, the premise of the show, just the setup of it, is the Zach character, Mark Ball Goslar's character, becomes the governor, doesn't of California, doesn't know what he's doing, and it like embezzles a bunch of money. And uh he's he took the money from their education system. So he has to now close down public schools. So he has to <laughs> bus kids from poor areas <clears throat> to the rich schools. So it's literally about like black and Puerto Rican kids being bussed into Bayside with all the white kids.
0: What's that to do with Zach? Like how the fuck is he even <laughs> props? He, is he every single person a teacher? Wait a Yeah, that? they're all teachers. Really? Except for him. He's the guy. Right what there. about the guy, the, the curly haired guy? <laughs> yeah, of course. What the is this guy? Mary Lopez? Mary Lopez, yeah. God damn. It. He fights, bro. Man. Did you know he's a fighter? No. Really. So, I like him. I'm a fan. Him and Danny Bonaducci would spar. Really? He dislocated Danny Bonaducci's fucking optic thing on his eye. Like he had, like he knocked his eye out, kind of. Nice. But Lopez can throw hands, bro.
1: Lopez is really good in the show. I loved him. And did you see the, the Kentucky Fried Chicken movie? That's like from 1980 or some shit. No, no. There was a recent one. What? Like during the pandemic. What? There's a short film that Kentucky Fried Chicken made that is a parody of like the old like TV miniseries, like the super over dramatic.
0: I like, kind of vaguely TV remember hearing about it. Yeah. Kentucky Fried Movie is what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah.
1: No, no. This is Kentucky Fried Chicken. He plays Colonel Sanders.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but a, a lot of you <laughs> played Colonel Sanders, didn't <laughs> they? Yeah,
1: but this is for the movie. Did yeah. Norm McDonald? <laughs> was Norm McDonald in there for a minute before yes. he died? Yeah, he was. Oh, I love Norm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I loved that show, and then they started putting other stuff, and so now I still have You're and fucked. Later. You're yeah. fucked, man. Goddamn. For it. Oh, so
0: here's the thing. So here's the list that I got, right? Mm-hmm. So I pay for Netflix. I don't know about you. I never paid for fucking Amazon Prime. They just took it out of my account one day and they did it in the summer. I'm a roofer. So in the summer, I make a lot more money than I do in the winter time I'm not so really watching. Yeah. I didn't notice it. And then you get the balance. And I'm like, what the fuck? $102? This is back in the day. And then I was like, oh, everything I've been ordering has been showing up much quicker. <laughs> So now just well, like I
1: ordered something and 15 minutes later, it's like, so like
0: every <laughs> July they just take a hundred bucks from me out and I don't notice it. And then you turn me on to Prime. I didn't even know it was a thing. And you're like, no, there's TV on there. And I, I try to get into the boys. It wasn't my thing per se. I'm not anti the boys. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. Didn't work. But I watch other stuff on there. So all right. I pay technically for Netflix. Okay. Mm-hmm. When my second wife first moved out, I just had her login account for like a long time. It's the way most people. but then i had to get my own so now i have my own and then my third wife was fucking leeching off of that but she's gone now so we're okay so i have my own i have i pay for netflix and it's way too much fucking money because i don't really watch it although if i'm honest this fucking love is blind shit have you seen this fucking you don't even know what the fuck i'm talking about do you (laughs) nick lachey of all people nick fucking lachey And his psychotic wife, who is fucking psychotic, because there's photographs of her and Lindsay Lohan in Sean fucking Lennon's house doing cocaine and pulling knives on each other. Amazing. Oh, it is fucking amazing. So that's his wife. He marries this bitch. Smart thinking. They have a show. No. They have a show where they get like 20 or 30 single men and single women and they put them in pods, and you don't see each other. And you have dates, and you're like, "Hi, what's your name?" My name's Linda. My name's Bobby. And then they talk and shit. And if they hit it off, you got like a fucking two week period, or maybe even a week. If you ask someone to marry you, and they say yeah, you ascend on to the rest of the series, and everybody else is just jettisoned. And this is, and then they fucking so you you meet, and a lot of them go, "Oh, when are first seeing because You don't know what they look like, you right? No you have no fucking idea." Like one of them got married is, is a, a a pudgy girl. She's a pudgy Kardashian, I call her. But anyway, love, and blah, love is Blind is fucking crack good TV. Like I don't smoke crack, but it's very popular. Although, and this is a thing, someone who works for me used to sell drugs. You cannot buy crack anymore. Did you know that? No. It's all fentanyl. They changed it. Crack's dead. And I don't smoke crack, but I feel like if I was an old crackhead, it would upset me to my core yeah. that I had to go back to freebasing. Is that, yeah, is that going to be like, remember the good old days cool. we'd just get crack? For $5. <laughs> now you got to buy a bag of Coke, which is like $40. I, get, I don't know. <laughs> that other band that I wrote the lyrics for, they know. But I don't know. So it's not so my drugs. So look, look, I'm old as shit. got a nice face, no wrinkles, no cocaine, kids. Anyway, mm-mm. so I pay for Netflix. <laughs> I pay for Amazon Prime.
1: Netflix, Fenton.
0: <laughs> fentanyl, crack. So I have to keep the Netflix for Love is Blind because it's just crack good. Then I kind of got into this other one, Love at First Sight, which is the same variation, but a bunch of people put you together. It's like an arranged marriage. And you walk out to the altar, and the first time you see the person, you got to decide whether you're going to get married or not. Then you live together for like two months or three months, and then you're going to get divorced or you're going to fucking stay together. Now, my friend, who I love, happens to have an account that she gets for free with her cell phone service for what's the other one? Hulu. This show has eight seasons on Hulu and like one season on Netflix. So I got her login information, and then the commercial started, and my fucking head explodes. Like no! I PayPal'd her a hundred dollars immediately, and I was like, get these fucking commercials. Off. So this account that I don- this account that I don't have. I have to pay 100 dollars a year to my friend to make sure I don't get commercials on my Hulu. That I don't even have Hulu. So now I have Hulu with commercials. Fucking <laughs> pussy. So <laughs> I would call you the f-word, a g d r t, but you can't, it's offensive now. I didn't say it, I said I would say it. So Netflix, I pay for, I pay for fucking Amazon Prime, and I'm paying 100 dollars towards Hulu even though I don't have Hulu. Then all this Star Wars shit starts on Disney, and I'm pretty anti-Disney. I don't like Disney as a corporation. They just make my skin crawl. I don't like it. I'm not like, no, I just don't like it. I don't give a fuck. I don't like it. Like for real, a lot of fucking Nazi shit back in the day. I'm like gonna say, they're, they're Kanye, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's real. Yeah. They act like it wasn't a thing. It's a yeah. fucking thing. No, his yeah. his Nazi head is frozen somewhere right now yeah. in a vat, and someday
1: crazy racist movies like Song of the South and stuff. <gasps> I don't even know. Tell me. i might be oh, kidding. Yeah. So. Disney back in the day because that's what they were. They made a lot of racist cartoons, with a lot of a lot of old cartoons are racist. Um, but they made a live-action and an animated movie called *Song of the South*. Okay, which is a former slave and out with <laughs> a bunch of white kids, telling them how great the good old days were
0: <laughs> when they were slaves. Yeah,
1: saying when I was a slave, it was so much easier. <laughs> like yeah, like it wasn't that bad, kids. And it's like, oh shit, here's the fucked up part. Even Disney, I think, realized, like, there was a backlash at the time. At the time! Even back then, people were like, whoa, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, even people in the South are like, all right, God, that's a little... Yeah, we were, the, we were kind of It's like, <laughs> 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 So go ahead. And uh, so you pulled the movie. You can't get the full movie anywhere. But what they did, Disney didn't want to waste any money. They reused most of the songs and a bunch of the footage in later movies. Bullshit. Yeah. So a lot of like famous Disney songs actually originated in this insanely racist (laughs) movie that they made. So I'm anti-Disney,
0: right? That's like my thing. (laughs) But they have Star Wars now, and it it, all right. The live movies, a lot of people hated them. I didn't hate them. I hated the seven. I thought was good. Eight was. painful, and they tried to bring it back with nine unsuccessfully, really. They tried. That's all right. And I like the movies, and I own them all on DVD, because I'm an old man, and that's what I do. I bought DVDs. No one else does. And now my friend gave me a Disney login. And I have my own account. It says Vex, and I have a little Darth Vader head, and I log into it, and I watch all the Disney I want. Have you watched Andor? No, I watched Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Boba Fett would kind of send you... Well, what are your thoughts, actually? Shit, I should I ask these things. Um,
1: I really, really liked Mandalorian. I felt like Mandalorian and Boba Fett got the franchise back on track. On track after the last three movies. Yeah. I don't hate that middle one the way that everybody else does because I can at least appreciate like the first of that trilogy. Everybody complained it was too much, and this one went friends. way off the resolution. Yeah, and they were like, <laughs> "Okay, we'll do something totally different." And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. Johnny Zero is still yelling about it. Yeah, to this day. So I, I can improve, and I get it. Like I, it's not good but I also appreciate, like, they did try, like, everybody bitched, and they did something different, and got a way worse reaction (laughs) to that. But I say that, like, that happens in music, too. Like, I always use Cannibal Corpse as an example. Whenever Cannibal Corpse puts out a record, I feel like most of the reviews all say the same thing. Like, it's just the same. If you like Cannibal Corpse, you'll like it. If you don't, you won't. Um, But my argument to that is, if Cannibal Corpse put out, like, a genuine like power ballad... (laughs) Imagine that they could. Like, I don't think Corpse Grinder has that high soft voice to do that. But imagine they could. No, but imagine if the bass play- hate Imagine if the bass player could sing like that,
0: and no one knows. And yeah, they put out this great
1: book and she's right in the middle of the <laughs> <down Corp> album. <Scranton. laughs> and
0: baby,
1: You're like whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> people are smashing their phones. <laughs> but I feel the same thing with that. Like people complain about certain bands like that that just have such a. ACBC is another one that has such a distinct sound that just carries over from record to record. But if they did something that was crazy different, people would freak out.
0: Avenged Sevenfold did that. I don't like Avenged Sevenfold. I was, I was gonna,
1: gonna say that. I'm not a fan. But people
0: were fans. And mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta admit this. In the early records, those the double guitar assault, like those two players, mm-hmm. are pretty amazing, right? And then the singer who was like Wah! had the throat problems. And they were like, listen, you can sing like like a regular vocalist, but you can't be as brutal. So then they they went kind of commercial-ish. And what is this? Like what years? Like 07-ish, 06, 08 in that region? That whole fucking backcountry thing. And they had this huge like thing. And then they so they established themselves as a commercial entity. And again, not my thing. You know what I mean? Then the drummer dies. He was pretty fantastic. That's sad. You know what I mean? Drugs, whoa, you know. And um, it's fentanyl, can't get crack anymore. It's fucking cold. So then they, they 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 came out with another record and that that metal show which is going back like eight years was still in the air. I hate that fucking guy. You really I love that shit. You don't know, like Eddie Trunk? Eddie Trunk. Why? Yeah. Well wait, let's get to that in one second. So the singer, what the fuck? His like Shadows or something like the dumbest fucking stage. Yeah, they all have it. stupid stage.
1: So which I uh, I think honestly is one of the things that kept
0: me away from that. So Shadows guy is <laughs> on there. And he's like, yeah, you know, people are complaining about the new record, but they complained about the last record and the record before that. And that's kind of the thing. Thankfully, they kind of went away. The, who's that fucking metal band? Or like the official, like we are America's metal band that everybody fucking hates. I can't think of the name of them. Um, Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, yeah. like everybody's anybody in the know musically just despises that band. They're not that bad, but I'm not a fan. Like, there's nothing there for not me. Who
1: was? <gasps> But because I'm not trying to start a show. MCK. But I remember somebody saying I was I was saying something disparaging about them and they were like, Well, you wouldn't say that to their face and I was like, I did. We had them on the radio early on. Okay. On loud and loaded, okay. And I let them know I was not a fan. And what was their reaction? <laughs> it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were pumped about it. But they also didn't do anything. They were like, Well, I mean, other people like it, it was kinda of Cool, okay. I think I there's it's weird. <laughs> I'm not gonna say who in the band it
0: was, it was the drummer guy.
1: I'm not gonna say who
0: it was, it was the drummer guy. It's <laughs> always the drummer. a drummer, yeah, fucking cunt. Anyway, <laughs> you know, you're a cunt. <laughs> I met Lemmy, so anyway,
1: and I'm like, oh, you know what? I did not meet Lemmy, so let's compare fucking notes. No, no, I meant I'm not gonna say who it was that I taught, I said that to, being five figure death bunch,
0: but it was that guy, right? Was like who said you wouldn't say to their face? No,
1: no, no. No, somebody else said that. Like, oh, you wouldn't say that to their face. And I was like,
0: no, I did. Well, so it had to be the singer, right?
1: I'm not going to say it. Why? <laughs> but I'm not a fan. I'll, I'll
0: stand by that. Man, there was something else we're going to revisit. And I fucking lost the, the fucking... The Guns and road. Roses
1: is where we started.
0: Yeah, but that's not where we're at. I'm talking like one ago. I don't know how I got the five-figure fucking death punch. Like, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> I'll bring Guns N' Roses back for a second though. What do you think about what they're doing? Because What do you mean? Just playing the greatest hits every day? Well, that's a that, lot of money. <laughs> Here, here's an interesting thing about <clears throat> so these two box sets that they did are available digitally so you don't have to spend the money although I because they have an older fan base it's people with disposable income like still, me who still appreciate yeah. so I'm sure they're selling tons of these things but they put out an EP in the middle the hard school EP I've
0: all, I don't yeah. know could I buy that is that a thing I could buy at the hard school EP like yeah. can I go online So that's the thing
1: it's only a physical copy oh <gasps> I didn't know. I would already had yeah, it. It was released it. in February. I the CD's already sold out. <sighs> it was only on their website. You can only buy Hard School on their website. So the two new songs on there are Hard School and Absurd. But oh, wait, if it's 30. an EP, how many fucking songs is it? It's it's the two new songs then depending on which format you buy it on, two or three live songs. Depending on which format you buy it. On. So that's ridiculous. Yeah. So. I, I didn't hate Hard School what do you think of it? I liked Hard School. I was disappointed and <laughs> absurd only because I liked Silkworms a lot. Which is the original version of the Sims. Version yeah. of song. But what's his name left the group and he wrote a big chunk of that. Who's that
0: what's was. his name? Uh, <clears throat>
1: uh, Not DJ Ashba. No, no, no. Uh, the keyboard player who quit because of Slash. Um, I
0: don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, man. It's going to bug me. Is that, why like they brought, is that why they brought the girl in? Yeah. So, the, wait, wait, so. so- so Dizzy Reed is when I think of keyboards for Guns N Roses, it's been Dizzy Reed for, since nineteen ninety-one, right? Yeah. There was and he an, was
1: supposed to originally
0: be in I, I know the whole thing. Yeah. I'm aware. Yeah. But in ninety one they revealed this is Dizzy Reed, yeah. this is our guy, because that divorce bullshit and the whole mm-hmm. thing with the money. And so Dizzy's been there since kind of the beginning. There was another
1: keyboard player who quit because of Slash. So after they did the Illusions record. If you remember on the Illusions tour when you watch those videos, there's a bunch of backing musicians. That big guy with the the mustache, the fucking the big guy, and then they had a couple other people. So they decided they didn't want to take like ten other
0: people. Oh no, fuck that! I got the story with the story on that because I know that story. So, Axl Rose and his infinite brilliance of "I'm a Rock Star" brought in literally his head. You go. his half brother and his sister mm-hmm. and he gave them money and he was like listen every single night when I get off stage I want a huge fucking party I want an inflatable hot tub that fits 25 people I set up I want a fucking vibe back here because they were on tour with Metallica. And Metallica was just pocketing their Metallica money and leaving. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're going to party in the venue. We'll fuck, at 4 a.m., booze, de, booze, pop." Very David Lee roth esque And so they come to the end of this huge tour, and the manager's like, not for nothing. You're in debt $43,000. And he's like, what the fuck do you mean? We made millions. He's like, no, no, no. You went over every single night in every single town because you think that you're fucking Mick Jagger. So you paid a $100,000 fine every day for a year and a half. Plus your backstage fine. So you came home owing money. Yeah. So the next leg of the tour was called the Skin and Bones Tour. They fired the three ladies who were the saxophone players. They got rid of that guy. Tommy was the fucking guitar- the keyboard player. Yeah, yeah. He was in- he's the guy in the video. Um, Fuck. Where Axel's on the fucking mic like this. It's the microphone camera right in the front. Don't damn me. <clears throat> no. Hold on. Fuck. Yesterday's, that song. In the yesterday's video, Tommy Guy is featured prominently. And by the time they did the Skin and Bones tour, it's gone. It's original Guns N' Roses with Dizzy Reed. And that's it. Yeah. And then they made a fuck ton of money. It wasn't original Guns because fucking um, Izzy was gone. So it was like, uh,. I've heard it, I'm forgetting his name, Matt Storm on drums and then Gilby yeah. Clark on rhythm guitar, and they just went out. And that's where they made their millions. They pocketed, 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 because they're not paying for the huge production of all the same thing. And no more backstage parties. So who was the guitar who who's the keyboard who player with the quit when the slash came back? Who do you call, what's
1: his name? Shit, I already forgot. You forgot you looked it up. I know. So the point is there's so who's his uh, so he was hired right after the original <clears throat> stores. Um so they got rid of Gilby Clark and Matt Storm. They hired Chris Pittman. Well, no, I'm sorry. I know gun stuff. Okay. Probably no, no, no I meant around that time. Because Slash quit, right.
0: Matt stayed, and then Axel would talk, sla- talk shit on Slash every day, and he was like, fuck you, man. That's my boy. And then he quit. Mm-hmm. So then Duff, Matt, Duff was the last to leave. Yeah. And then it became Axel and a bunch of studio guys. Well, Tommy Stinson. Axel and Dizzy.
1: <laughs> You're a big Dizzy fan, huh? <laughs> I am, yeah. Big hookers and blow guy? <laughs> I, I think his contributions <laughs> to Guns N' Roses are. Power, uh, they're they're paramount. Yeah. Um, so if you look at, so after Appetite, if you look at the credits on the Illusions records, everybody is very meticulously credited so they didn't have to pay people who didn't really contribute to the record. So there's a bunch of songs on there, that Slash doesn't even play on the Illusions records. That's not true. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yeah. Look them up. Look at the CDs. You had the physical CDs somewhere. I do. Yeah, it says who plays what on every song. There's like half a dozen songs between the two volumes that he doesn't play on. No. Yeah. No. Yep. No. And there's very few that he contributes to the writing to. And almost every song Dizzy's on and was a prominent writer. <clears throat> so I, I don't think he gets the credit. That's your playoff music.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 160, 160 of the Vex on Vex podcast. Mr. Belinsky, thank you for your time. Thank you. See, he's talking shit about Slash. We got to go. So the Vex on Vex podcast is available on the Podbean application on your phone under the loud and loaded network. And this is Vexx telling you, stay frosty. I don't know how to end the live stream correctly. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna to to figure this out together, people.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> I uh save. Dude, this is so embarrassing. Mr. Balinski, come here and finish the live stream for me. Oh, it's bad. This-, this is VexX, I need to save Austin.